All right, everybody, welcome back to the Geekside podcast. I'm here with my new guest, my next guest. His name is Jared, the official Jared Brown. And go ahead and introduce yourself. Yep, that's my title. It's the official Jared Brown. I'm not Spider Man. <laughs> and uh, I'm the only guy that likes Spider Man 3 and hates Venom. So that's my calling card. So you already know his opinions don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Good taste is out the window for this podcast, everybody. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, we, we, we look. <laughs> I think we can go like probably hours talking about Spider-Man three, but we'll, we'll start off. We'll start off with with the beginning. All, All right, right, sounds good to because, me. I think we can both agree that the the first Spider-Man movie with Raimi and all of them is probably it is the best Spider-Man, one of the best Spider-Man movies ever. See, what's funny is I actually just started like I watched the Spider-Man movies in advance for this fucking podcast. And uh-huh. um, I I was watching the first one, and I think I like the first one a little bit more than the second one now because it's so, like, um, heartwarming, and it's so sincere yeah. throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, whenever uh, Tobey Maguire is saying his line, you know who I am, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you can yeah. tell that dude has a big smile behind that mask. Oh, yeah, because he, he's like, oh, I got to say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and um, I think the first movie, it has such a sincerity behind it. And uh, and it's great to have someone like Sam Raimi directing those movies because um, in interviews, he's talked about how he loves the comics. So yeah. you could tell a fan made the comics or yeah. made the movie. Like, I think the reason why people like the second one more is because it looks better. Because this yeah. one, it's kind of shot more handheld, but still movie quality. But the second one, it, it's straight. Like, they got... Who'd they get for the... Uh, for the... Uh, cinemat- who's the cinematographer? I know he's done some other stuff that he's uh, really good at. I'm not entirely sure. I can look it up right now, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead if you want. But All I, right. I think people... I think people like the second one because it looks a lot better than the first one. In some yeah. frames. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, even the uh, fight scenes in the second one are so much more, like, uh, smoother and they flow a lot better. Um, For example, the train sequence is one of the best throughout the entire franchise. I would even argue the best Spider-Man fight in general. Exactly. Yeah, it goes from a bank to the side of a building to a train. And it's it's all over the place, but somehow it makes sense. And it's there's so many close calls with that one um, where like uh, Spider-Man, he's on the side of the train and just barely misses the other one. And yeah. um, I think that's Bill just, Pope. yeah, I, I just saw that right now. Yeah. Bill Pope. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, like it's, it's, it, it's all over the place, but it's all over the place in a good way. Exactly. And um, the one thing that I found with the first Spider-Man, uh, the 2002 one is that um, it's whenever the fight scenes, they're very uh, stilted almost. Um, yeah. Whenever, uh, for example, at the parade when Green Goblin gets Spider-Man up against like the wall, and it's they're just kind of standing there, just throwing punches, and it's just like yeah. Cage. I think that's the criticism mostly most people have with the first one. It just looks well. Mostly here, it looks like a Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, I've heard that uh, criticism before, and I think at, for the time, it's it's perfectly fine because at that time, yeah. sp- uh, superhero movies weren't that good. But oh, yeah. you know, I think Spider-Man really just raise the bar on what superhero movies can do uh um with um with so we'll, we'll jump into spider-man one and we'll head on to spider-man two i okay. i think 
I think the fighting, the fighting in its own right, it's it's unique. Like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. yeah it, it's stilted, but I feel like it's meant to be like that for a movie like this because it's not. Cause it's a Spider-Man movie in two thousand two. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, um, I believe that the final fight scene in Spider-Man is when he's getting his ass handed to him by the Green oh. Goblin is one of the greatest fight scenes in a Spider-Man movie because I think Spider-Man kind of portrayed mostly in the comics is like this underdog. He's not like really yeah. this like amazing. He's not a top tier superhero. He's just a local, you know, guy swinging around. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Exactly. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And to see him just get beat up and he's still like standing up trying to fight and it's like, damn, this guy has a lot of heart. And like, I think Sam Raimi captured that really well, being able to mm-hmm. see him uh, keep fighting, even though he's he's losing pretty much. I think what really showed in that scene is when after he just gets destroyed by Goblin, right before mm-hmm. he gets stabbed, he catches it, and that makes you realize, oh, he is not going down. Exactly, he, he has to win this. Yeah, and I think that's just one of the greatest fight scenes because, um, you know, I think before that, pretty much every superhero, the final fight scene was just the superhero winning the whole time. And I think it was a nice change of pace to see a hero kind of lose the final fight, but then towards the end. And then ultimately Uh, the goblin that, you know, uh, is his own demise. With that famous line, uh, I have a father. Yep. Uh, Ben Parker. (laughs) I still get chills. I still get chills watching that. Exactly. That, and that, well, I'll wait. I'll hold my criticism for the new movies right now. I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll, yeah. I'll hold off. I was very going yeah. on a little rant, but I'll wait. Now, since we're on the first one, we have to talk about the actors they picked. Let's go. Yeah. Let's start off small. Okay. So, Flash Thompson. The 30-something-year-old man that's somehow in <laughs> high school still. <laughs> to be fair, it's not like these days where they literally cast 10-year-olds to play high school kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I mean, at the time, it was probably fine. And um, I know from my experience as, you know, working in the business, a lot of the times why they choose these older guys is because they could work them longer. And they, and so that's probably the reason why is they just like, all right, you know, choose an older guy. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We can work them like a horse. Yeah, exactly. You can work them eight hours and then give them a 15 minute lunch break and get them back on there. (laughs) Yeah. So like. So Flash Thompson, what do you think? I thought the the, the actor was perfect for, yeah. for what he had to do in that like maybe ten yeah. minute time span he's in. It's perfect. Yeah, and I think he is. He comes off and portrays that asshole really well. The whole mm-hmm. part where it's just like he's making fun of Harry. He's making fun <laughs> of um, um, Peter Parker. You're just like, yeah, yeah, this guy's a jerk, and I, I really yeah. enjoyed. And it um, makes the payoff with him getting beat up in the hallway that much more, uh, much of a payoff. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, the the writing in uh, the Sam Raimi movies is so quotable. And <laughs> the Flash, whatever, he's like, he's like, I wouldn't want to fight me either. That is <laughs> dude, such a I good line. It's such a good line, dude. And then... It's you're right. It's so quotable. It's like the it's like the prequels. It's so quotable. It's exactly. because of the writing. Yeah, I think the writing for the first three movies um, is just written so well. And with like, I, I feel like the writers, I know Sam Raimi and his uh, brother wrote it. Uh, they probably just had smiles the whole time writing that dialogue because it's so campy. 
and it's so it's oh. such a like a comic book it's like it jumped right out of the page and um i know most of the time sometimes whenever comics are translated to movies it's a little hard to translate it and mm-hmm. i think they did a perfect job i think the first three are the perfect examples i think what really really shows that had a great time writing this mm-hmm. is J. jonah jameson himself oh exactly that is the perfect casting no he superhero is, like he is literally i i've seen this jared i've seen spider-man one probably as a million times just like you i mm-hmm. still laugh i i can't help it it's so funny and his introduction is perfect where it's he's got the newspaper and he puts it down he's got a big cigar and he's like he's yep. a menace <laughs> you already know his character instantly and yep. i think oh, the so casting perfect. cannot be more perfect than that no other movie like even um, like Chris Evans as Captain America or Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, yeah, they're good choices, but they're not as good as J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Jeez, like even I would say he's more pick, better picked than Iron Man. I don't exactly. know why. Something, something about uh, J.K. Simmons as this character is just so perfect. And even even Disney knew it. And we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah, we'll get to that, but I I think the casting for this is the pretty much the whole movie I think has really solid casting. Um, even um, the uh, Green Goblin, uh, Willem Dafoe, that is amazing oh, casting. He was so good in this movie. He's so yeah. good. I think um, I think the casting director for this movie, um, and I think Sam Raimi even talked about it in interviews about why he chose like certain people and why he chose Toby McGuire's. He saw like they were real people. They weren't these like phony people. And I thought that was, you know, an interesting thing. Just like, yeah, they're, you know, they're pretty normal looking people like Toby Maguire. He's not this pretty guy. He's not this pretty boy. He's a yeah. pretty average looking dude. Even when they show his muscles, it's not like, you know, Captain America size, Thor sized muscles. Like it's a, mu- it's a, it's a form that anybody can pretty much get or pretty much look better than. Like Flash yeah, exactly. looks better than post bit spider-man and that's okay yeah and i i think that's what's so great about the first movies is you could tell like every single choice was like there was a sincerity and there was a reason behind every choice and i i really enjoyed you know it's it's fun to watch the uh the first movie oh it's so much fun like i i watched it it was on tv the other day when i was at Mm -hmm. we put it on and legit i'm just sitting there watching this i'm like I've seen this movie so many times and I'm still here watching it like I've watched it for the first time. Exactly. And the w- part that always makes me realize um, how much I love the first Spider-Man movie is the death of Uncle Ben. And going back to casting, the the casting for Aunt May and Uncle Ben, I know they're perfect. kind of on the older side, but they are perfect. And Uncle Ben... Especially together. Exactly. And that death scene... Whatever he looks up to see Peter Parker, and he says Peter, that oh, you cannot oh. tell me you do not get a tear to that. That is that always brings a tear to it's my eye. It's not that he says it the first time; it's that he's like it says it the second time. Yeah, yeah. It oh god. And then even I know people make fun of Tobey Maguire for his uh, crying, but that is some hard ass crying when he's like just bawling his eyes up. Like yeah, that I looks wanna, like I that looks like a dude. I want to see those people that make that criticism literally have a straight face when they see someone they love die. Exactly. It, it's 
it's genuine tears coming out. And I don't know how he's able to produce <laughs> tears like that, but props <laughs> on Toby. Dude, like, oh my god, I don't like talking about that scene because it's just so good. And it's, yeah, it, 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 it pulls it on your heartstrings. My, when we get to the second one, it hurts even more. Cause they, exactly. But, but going back to um, the casting, so Uncle Ben, perfect, Aunt May. I don't care how old they are, I think they're both perfect. Exactly. I think those two were because they just got younger, and it didn't really yeah. make sense because Aunt May is supposed to be like this, not like a wise old like not like a Yoda figure, but like someone like someone Peter goes back to reality with. Yeah, like a mentor figure and someone yeah. that has experience in life, even though they don't have experience as a superhero. I think it's nice that he goes to Aunt May with for his problems, and he's like. You know, she's able to relate to him, even though he's a superhero. I think that's a, such a great thing that mm. I feel that the later movies kind of lost touch on. They kind of went, eh, you know, Aunt May, she's, you know. Oh, there. dude, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll oh, get to the amazing franchise. No, I was talking about the MCU ones and what oh, they did. Oh, yeah, that one, but I, I, everyone I knows my tweet. opinions on that. <laughs> well, I still want to get into it because I feel like it's still great. But, okay, so... We'll go on to now. This is the one everyone kind of goes eh about, and that's uh -huh. uh, James Franco as Harry. See, I actually I don't mind him as as much in the first one, mm -hmm. and the second one, I especially the second one, I think he's good. Um, I think the third one, he it was a little over the top, but I don't mind him. I never understood that criticism from uh, a few people, and uh, the few people I've talked to at conventions, for example, always kind of laugh at James Franco. I've never understood that criticism because I think he's I, I perfectly... I thought he, especially in the first movie, I felt like he played his role really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just being like this, this, this like outcast, even to his father kind of kid. And yeah. then like when his best friend, quote unquote, goes after his girl and like he, he has the perfect reaction. He doesn't say anything. He just walks out. Then he goes back to his father and he just says that he was right about all the stuff he said during the Thanksgiving scene. Which is an yeah. amazing scene. Uh, I did find that uh, James Franco, um, the Harry character, um, he was kind of not pointless in the first one, but he didn't really have much to do in the first one until the very end. Then it was like, oh, yeah. okay, now now it's his character. But I think yeah. it was kind of good that he Harry didn't take a lot of the focus because it's like build up to the second one and whatnot. There's a they're trying to complete the arc and whatnot, so yeah. this is just the beginning. Um, and that but yeah, kind of hurts. Oh, that kind of hurts Spider-Man 3, too. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll kind of go on my little belief in yeah. what I think Spider-Man 3 should have been, but whatnot. Um, but I think the best casting overall, like I said, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. I, mm -hmm. That man, I don't... This isn't to, like, dog on him, but he looks like the Green Goblin. I don't know <laughs> how he does it. Dude, I, I heard interviews where he asked the stunt people to make the suit more... I guess durable and comfortable to him, so he can do more of the stunts. Yeah, and like, um, props on him for doing that because I know a lot of actors are like, eh, I don't, I don't do the stunts, but you know, yeah, that's that's awesome. And the scene where he's talking in the mirror is absolutely amazing. I'm surprised he didn't. I mean, it is a small scene, but I'm surprised he didn't like get, you know, an Oscar nomination or a Golden Globe at least because that was yeah. amazing. Able to swap characters that fast. He's, it, it, people think, oh, just swap characters. Like, oh, just do different things. Just act different. It's not that easy when you uh -huh. have a bunch of camera people, lights, and everything on you. 
then you gotta act yeah. serious saying some of this stuff. Like, and I think the part that blew me away is the part where uh, he's holding the newspaper and he's yeah, looking he into it, it, and then he turns around and it's oh. not the goblin, it's uh, Norman. And I was like, how? like he just turned around and it was completely different. And that's yep. so amazing. He's able to capture that. Dude, like uh, I think with him, it, I don't know. With him, it's just it's too perfect. Like exactly. you were expecting something to go wrong. With his mm-hmm. character, but he's great the whole way through. Like he's exactly. he fits in just what this he's just what this movie needed. Because this movie wouldn't this character wouldn't work in the second one, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the um the voice and the mannerisms he has mm-hmm. for the goblin are nailed perfectly. The only thing that I don't like is that they have that like motorcycle helmet on him. I do not like that. <laughs> I I think it makes sense in the like in the context of the story where it's like a military, mm. you know, great glider and whatnot. But I, I, I wish he, you could see his face through it. Like if they yeah. did prosthetics, that would have been perfect. That would have been really good. Um, mm. I think you are right about the, uh, the military thing. Mm. It's just, see, I think his outfit's really good, including the helmet. I don't know why. I think it's just because the helmet's so iconic to me now. It's like yeah. you see it and you go like, Oh, Spider-Man one green goblin. Yeah, like, you, you know it. Yeah, and like, I think they tried their best with it, where the eyes open and you could see his mouth yeah. still. And I think they were trying to go for uh, almost like a ancient warrior, like tribal type mask. Yeah, um, but I, they I showed during like one of the when he starts freaking out, like for yeah, the mirror their, scene. Yeah, that's why I bring it up is because like I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for with that. But again, I think I just want to see Willem Dafoe like <laughs> paint it, just paint him green. Call it good. That's all I need. <laughs> just, just throw some like blue man group stuff on him, make it green, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think he would have been just fine with that. Um, but uh, but going on to the main focus, you mm-hmm. know, the guy himself, Spider Man, played by Tobey Maguire. Uh, I, I'll let you take this one. Um, I don't think they ever really nailed it on the head again. Um, I love Tom Holland. I like Andrew Garfield, but I. I think Toby really nails it because he is such a goofball throughout (laughs) the entire trilogy. And in the comics, like Spider-Man's not that handsome of a guy. He's a pretty average dude. He's, you know, a guy that blends in the crowd. He's always in the back. And Toby Maguire is that that dude, is that guy. But there's something that I think kind of that mirrors the Green Goblin in the sense that once he puts on that mask, he is Spider-Man. His voice changes. Yeah. He's so confident. But once he has it off, he's he's Peter Parker. He's the loser. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a Batman dynamic. He, Batman has three different uh, personalities: There's Bruce Wayne in the public, Batman, <laughs> and and Bruce and uh, and Bruce Wayne with Alfred. It's mm-hmm. just like that, and and Toby kills it like no problems. Like yeah. I love how like I think what sold it for me is when you first see him. Um, with Mary Jane in the lunchroom. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, I didn't know you could do that. And all he does is smile. <laughs> exactly, because he doesn't know what to say. He's so awkward throughout oh. everything. But when he puts the mask on and he, like, comes upside down next to Mary Jane, he's he's the smoothest guy and everything. Yeah, and even whenever he's, like, trying to take his, her picture, and he's <laughs> the way he goes about asking to take her picture for the school paper, it's so awkward. <laughs> But you yeah. can't help but like love him because he's such a goofball, like I said. And I think that's what makes Tobey Maguire 
um, my choice over like Tom Holland and Andrew oh, Garfield because Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, um, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I, I think they're just almost too handsome. You know what I mean? No, like, they they're... 100% are, especially uh, Tom Holland in the new movie. That you know what they were going for. And, like, oh, yeah, where work. like the mask keeps coming off. Like, And I was just yeah. like, yeah, they, they like showing his face off. <laughs> In this movie, when when he puts the mask on, like he he keeps it on, unless like the only the only reason why it comes off is because at the end, you know, mm-hmm. legit, um, he's it's all torn up. Yeah. Or when he doesn't have the mask on in the shadows, they you don't see his face or anything. Yeah. You just see the, the his his outfit on and everything. You don't see his face. Yeah, because well, it's I, you know a secret identity, and I think too, it's he's he knows the consequences of. Um, him showing his identity, and even when Green Goblin figures out his identity, there are consequences to that. Like people are hurt, oh, yeah. and Aunt May is sent to the hospital because of his identity. Yeah, and uh, I think we can with this movie. They got all the casting right. They yeah. got the the perfect director, the perfect writer, but you have to do it again. You have yeah, to all, you have to catch lightning in a bottle again, and he caught it twice. <laughs> And that's amazing. And I think, because uh, I actually saw uh, Spider-Man Two in theaters when I was younger, and nice. uh, I was only I was only four years old, and I went and saw it. And I remember seeing that opening, um, um, like the swinging sequence, and was just blown away. I thought mm-hmm. I to this day I think Doc Ock is one of my favorite um, Spider-Man villains, and it's. I don't know how Sam Raimi was able to do it again. He somehow raised the bar even higher with I was this like, one. He didn't, just, he didn't just do it again. He did yeah. it in a lot of people's mindsets better. I don't know. For me, it's one and two. But I think if I had to pick one, it'd probably be two. But I think that's because everyone has a character, especially Peter. I think Peter has yeah. the most character. I'm not talking Spider-Man. I'm talking Peter. Exactly, and I think that's what's great about Spider-Man 2 is there's a clear difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker and mm-hmm. Peter Parker actually struggling to oh. maintain that um, superhero persona. Um, and it that's one thing that I feel the other movies started to lack is that it showed actually showed consequences to being Spider-Man and um, not like you know big things. It's just like, yeah, he's missing class. He's his relationships falling, stuff that people can relate to. Mm. Um, like it's not like, oh no, I have all this money and I don't know how to figure it out and all that. It's like, yeah, this is just stuff people. This just happens. Like, like I think I think the message in this movie probably hit people more nowadays, probably than back then. Yeah, and I think too, um, like even as me when I was a kid watching and growing up with it, you know, I just like the fight scenes as a kid. But you know, growing <laughs> up, you kind of you go from liking Spider-Man because he's cool to, all right, I'm relating to Peter Parker more than Spider-Man. And, and I, um, I think that really helps. I, I That's what the new movies kind of lack is mm-hmm. that Peter character. Cause they love, they love showing off Spider-Man, you know, it's Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, but you never get the, the, the whole Peter Parker character that much. Like, yeah, you get the quote unquote nerdy kid and all that, yeah. but well, unless you're talking about amazing, then you get the cool skater kid. But yeah, uh, like it, they kind of miss the mark when it comes to Peter, because Peter is as complex, if not more complex than um, Spider-Man. 
because he has to do with not only hiding Spider-Man, but having to deal with all the stuff going around him and how to balance both. And, that, yeah. and that's what really shows in, in this movie to the point where he can't even balance both and he gives up being Spider-Man in a amazing scene with him and Ben. Yeah, and I think um, the whole origin story of Spider-Man and his whole motivation to being the superhero is pretty much uh, very similar to Batman in a lot of regards with, you know, seeing loved ones being pretty much gunned down. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, Spider-Man didn't actually see Uncle Ben get shot, but it's still, it, he feels he's at fault for it. And that's what I think yeah. uh, Spider-Man captures a, a lot better is um, he's pretty much the reason Uncle Ben got killed. Um, yeah. Because he let the guy go. It was his yeah. fault. And it's, and to see in Spider-Man 2 when, he's in the car again and he oh. has to give up spider-man it is so heartbreaking and Especially when he when, when ben holds out his hand he says take my hand and peter looks at the hands and he looks at him and says no you're like oh my god it, exactly that is such an emotional scene and it's not something where it's just next thing all right i'm done being spider-man it's not an instant change it's a natural growth where you are seeing him struggle right from the beginning of the movie you're seeing him oh, he yeah. loses his he loses his job. He's getting yelled at by his boss for not delivering pizza on time. And in like 10 minutes, like in, in what was it, 22 blocks or something? Yeah. And it's like, and he sees those kids and he's like, all right, I got to save them. He's, he's always got to save someone, always has to save someone. Yep. But because he's choosing to make the right choice, it's ultimately the wrong choice in a lot of regards. And mm -hmm. and I think that's what Spider-Man 2 is just... it. It just makes you feel so bad for him. You're just like, God, this guy is just getting dogged on the whole time. He cannot catch a break. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. And to see him just constantly hitting lows and lower and lower, and then he just has to give up. And his life like, gets better. And I think that's you amazing. Don't, you don't blame the guy. Yeah. Like, I think that's the best thing a movie can do when it... When you're okay with him not being Spider-Man. And you understand why. Yeah, you're kind of like, you know what? I do the same thing. In another, in another direct, I feel like with another director, he would have just made it where a couple bad things happens. Mm -hmm. Then he's like, I'm done. But no, like, right, like you said, right from the beginning, literally, like he's getting yelled at right at the beginning by his boss. Like yeah. right when he snaps back into reality, he's, what's the first thing he sees? His boss yelling at him, telling him to stop. Yeah. And I think, too, um, whenever he does stop being Spider-Man, his life gets better. He starts, oh, like, yeah. you know, his grades Rain start improving. falling on his head. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And he takes that big-ass bite of that hot dog, <laughs> and I still love that shot. And I, and I think it's just so great. But then he decides to go back, and he decides to be Spider-Man again, even though his life got better. Yeah. He's like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, and... I think that when he goes back after like seeing Mary Jane get taken away, mm -hmm. like um, he went to go save the kids in the fire, but you know, he missed, he missed one and instantly in his head, he's like, Oh, but if I was Spider-Man, I could have saved them both. Yeah. Um, like it's small stuff that makes, that makes you realize saying, Oh, maybe he could go back or maybe he should go back and all that. And then when he goes back, you're like, all right. Yeah. All right. And, and then and I think life or go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead, man. And then, like, then his life just like 
it's not amazing after he becomes Spider-Man again, but, you know, it's a lot more balanced. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the main theme of uh, uh, Spider-Man 2 is like finding that balance in your life and um, doing the right thing, even though it might be hard for you and whatnot. And I think um, that's just what makes Spider-Man 2, um, I feel like, a lot more enjoyable to a lot of people is because it's so much more relatable to a lot of people. And um, the one thing that I um, I enjoy Doc Ock in this movie, and I like I said, he's one of my favorite villains of all time. But in this movie, it's kind of like, okay, so he's just a guy with robot arms. I feel like Spider-Man could just knock him out one punch. Nope. Like, uh, it's it's crazy because we have such a great origin story for Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. probably probably the best origin story movie ever made. Yeah. And that was a whole movie. And we got to care about him and everything. Doc Ock was literally maybe a 45-minute origin story. And oh, it was yeah. just as good as Spider-Man's. Yeah, and I think that's... Um, I feel like uh, superhero movies only as good as the villain. And oh, um, I think yeah. Doc Ock, it's great to see this you know, scientist um, go from, like, you know, this... Almost like what Peter is striving for. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. be like him. And then to see him, like, go into, like this madness and this hole where he just goes crazy because he's just chasing this dream. And um, I think that's just, you know, it's like, you don't feel bad for him. You're like, like, you know, it, you, or you don't feel um, as if like, he's that bad of a guy, if that makes sense. You understand his motivations, you know, his wife died in front of his eyes and Mm -hmm. it's um, it. I, I think all the villains, or at least in the first two, are pretty understandable. And you're just like, eh, well, you know, they're not that bad. They're just crazy. Yeah. Well, what was it? Um, I guess one thing we didn't really, we haven't really touched on yet is the fact that what Sam Raimi likes to do with these movies, he likes to make the villains related yeah. to Peter. Like, they have to have some connection to Peter. And yeah. I think it was this movie that was really perfect with it, because with the third one, they just like, oh, well, now he shot Uncle Ben, so now he's connected to Peter. With this one, it's like, they don't do something like that. It's just, this is what Peter wants to be. Like, it balances his, it's because of all the stuff that's happened to him. Doc is able to balance his science, knowledge, mm-hmm. his relationship, and all this stuff. And Peter wants that, and he sees that. But they go down different paths, as we obviously see. Yeah, and, and I think too, it's um, Peter kind of realizes like if he's not Spider Man, he could be like Otto Octavius. If he decides not to be Spider Man, his life would get better and could potentially be like his. And I think that's um, a very like subtle way of like um, showing the audience that is it's like see they're like parallels almost. Yeah. Um, before we move on, we have to talk about the the ending with um him not even beating up Otto. It's oh, really yeah. just him talking to him as yeah. Peter, not Spider-Man. And I think that's such a uh, great contrast from the first movie scene. Um not this like, you know, they do fight, but it's not mm-hmm. this like grandiose fight. It's just hey, like snap out of it. And yeah. I think that's, you know, it it and the one thing that I always liked about the the first two Spider-Man movies is that the fights are pretty small in scale. Like the mm. first one was in this like abandoned cemetery thing or whatever it is. Yeah. And but then it the good. 
Yeah, and then the second one, it's like off on this little dock. Like it's not this like you know side of the building. Like everything's crashing. It's like pretty small scale. And when and, you have uh, something small like that, you can control it more with more practical effects, and it really shows. Because you don't look at it and go, oh, that's CG, that's CG. Yeah. But and you I think, look at it and go, that's a real place. Yeah, and I, I think, too, you're able to connect almost, like, um, more intimately with the characters. And, um, and because, you know, it is real. It is more, like, closer and um, not this big thing. Because I feel like... Even with the Marvel movies, there's like this point where it's like the spectacle gets so big and so grandiose that you kind of lose track. And it's like, yeah, I'm losing that connection to them. You know what I mean? Uh, and they kind of make fun of it in the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much. And I I think Spider-Man <sighs> 2 really is um, like the perfect example of like how to show like almost how to like do a sequel better or like how to do the first one better. It's like, you don't need to make a sequel that's literally just, you want bigger and better, Arca, here's more explosions and all that. Honestly, if you just make just make a sequel just about your characters now, because we already got the origin story now, built up that character, and have them go through another arc and all that. Exactly, and I, I feel like, um, speaking of sequels, I think uh, The Dark Knight's a perfect example of like oh, another yeah. sequel that didn't go like... So for like bigger and better like oh my god like bigger explosions it's more like of a character driven movie and i think spider-man 2 is like similar in a lot of ways to the dark knight i mean granted they're totally different they're oh, one's yeah. a dark movie and the other one's like oh yeah we're, we're all happy out here like rain, <laughs> raindrops keep falling on his head <laughs> yeah exactly and um but i do think they are very similar in terms of just focusing um, a lot more on the characters and not mm -hmm. about the spectacle. I think it's good that you brought it up because I wanted to talk about, you know, a better see a better superhero sequel. Which one's better? I think a lot of people will pick The Dark Knight because mm -hmm. of the serious tones and takes, um, and how the acting is. Obviously, Heath Ledger. Um, yeah. But for me, I'd have to argue that Spider Man Two is a better film in the character aspects like I yeah think dark knight dark knight will always have these big not big big but like gotham was pretty much like their playground and yeah. like it shows from like joker controlling the joker in the city to joker mm -hmm. literally on the docks to joker in construction buildings like you get that sense of like whoa joker's kind of like getting crazy but with the new movies or with the spider-man movies you're just they're like oh well they just ha they just happen to see each other on this area, or they just happen to be in this area as they're fighting more so than oh this whole bit like they don't control the whole city. It's like just personal stories, which I like. Yeah, and I I feel like uh, I mean granted I I do think um, the Dark Knight is a fantastic movie and deserves every oh, yeah. single award and praise that it got. I mean Heath Ledger alone is amazing mm -hmm. in that movie. Um, but I think Spider-Man 2, kind of like what you said, I think Spider-Man 2 is a great sequel to what it set up in the first one. And I think The Dark Knight is a great sequel to what was set up in Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. So they're perfect sequels in their own rights, but they're different from each other. They're very contrasting. Yeah, and I think um, Nolan tried, I don't think he tried to do it on purpose, but you could tell that there was that aspect that he wanted to copy a side of Spider-Man 2 with the personal problems, but not a personal. Because obviously we can't all imagine our 
girlfriend's blowing up in an oil fire. Yeah. So like when he sit when Bruce sits there and he looks at the mask and you're just thinking he's probably looking at that mask thinking is it even worth it? Like, well, what's the point of this? I didn't even save the one person I like close to me. I couldn't even save her. So how am I gonna save a city? Like I think just small stuff. Him just looking at the mask, the same as Toby walking away from that iconic suit in the trash can shot. Um, yeah. They like they both just go. It's not even worth it. And I think what um, the reason I would choose like Spider-Man Two over Dark Knight is, uh, Peter pretty much just gives up. Like, mm-hmm. and I and you never see a superhero give up like that. Just all right, I'm done. Um, especially at the it's time. Crazy. And I think uh, that uh, Bruce Wayne he doesn't give up. He's still like you know uh, th- this is difficult, but I'm going to push through it. He's like persevering through it. And I think mm-hmm. that's. Um, what makes Spider-Man a little bit more uh, relatable in a sense, because, you know, a lot of people just do give up if something's way too difficult. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm struggling too much. Um, but he goes back because it's the right thing to do. Whereas Bruce Wayne's just like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I got to do it. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a, I don't have a Robin, so I have to do this myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but I mean, with, with, um, oh, sorry, um, going to, back to spider-man 2 between that and the dark knight i think Mm -hmm. what really helps spider-man 2 i think the directors they got for the dark knight and spider-man 2 were both perfect Mm because you couldn't see one doing the other you can't see me doing a batman movie unless i guess you can but because of evil dead but But, it would be like adam west style Um, but I think they were perfect for the job they had. So I think they're, they're both geniuses is what I'm trying to say for yeah, what, and for I, what I, they did. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's like, you know, they're, they're perfect for what they're given. I, and like you said, I, I cannot imagine a Raimi Batman movie. Cause like I said, that would just be pretty much like Adam West and then yeah. Nolan doing a Spider-Man movie. It kind of end up like the amazing Spider-Man <laughs> franchise. Yeah. But like, um, we'll 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 head on to the to Spider-Man three. But I want to cover the stuff behind the scenes behind Spider-Man three. If you know any, I'm pretty sure you know the stuff about that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty infamous at this point. <laughs> it's it's so sad to see because did he want did Raimi want to do a Spider-Man three? Uh, I believe that uh, Sam Raimi wanted to do a Spider-Man three, but I don't believe he wanted to do. He didn't want to what do Spider-Man Venom. three turned into. Yeah, he he didn't want to do Venom. Yeah, that um, that was clear from the start. Is um, I think there's interviews where Sam Raimi has said that he he doesn't like Venom. He it's not his yeah. favorite character. Uh, which is you know it's fair, but I forgot it's this guy is so infamous because he destroyed the Amazing series too. Oh, so uh, that AB Arad, I believe that's how you say. It. Yeah, him. He he completely destroyed um spider-man so he wanted this i think he wanted this movie to fail because behind the scenes as he was filming like getting stuff ready for spider-man 4 they were literally casting stuff and getting stuff ready for the amazing series yeah i think at that point um because uh, spider-man 3 came out in 2007 and then mm-hmm. iron man came out next year and um i think spider-man 4 would have been coming out um about 2011 and i think the studio was kind of 
eh, we want to reboot it and get our own, like, start fresh. Um, yeah. Because they probably saw, like, Tobey Maguire and, like, the whole cast is, like, an aging thing. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Spider-Man 3, it you could just see the studio interference. You could see the studio's mm-hmm. fingers all over that movie. Especially and, with Venom. Exactly. And, you know, to be honest, I don't... Another unpopular opinion of the official Jared Brown. I don't mind the Venom take on this movie. I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. I think Sam Raimi was going for a very interesting choice of Venom. And I think he was trying to go for this like parallel between uh, Peter Parker, where Eddie Brock is like the cooler Peter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, then um, even when he gets the symbiote um, venom's not that big and i think he was supposed to look like you know the evil version of spider-man and it's like almost yeah. this yin and yang but that's not what venom is venom is this hulking dude that is like just towering over spider-man he's a menacing character and i think it's it's just a missed mark the entire movie is a very missed mark but i still do enjoy it <laughs> you know what that's fair because i i watched um I don't know if you're familiar with his YouTube channel. It's uh, High Top Films. Oh, yeah, I've seen and a couple of videos. He did a analysis on all three movies, mm-hmm. and he likes Spider-Man 3. And I was listening to his reasons, and I was like, uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, there are some points he makes, like, like um, he's like, well, where's Peter going to go from being down on his luck? He's going to go to being the most, like, uh, like I'm the coolest guy in the world um, attitude. And that only gets amplified by the Venom symbiote. Yeah. And I think the big problem with um, Spider-Man three is Peter Parker's more relatable when he's in his low. Um, And I feel like during this movie, he's constantly just, you know, the crowds are always cheering. Oh, Spider-Man. And um, I was, I was actually reading a Roger Ebert uh, review and they said, (laughs) he said the whole movie was just, uh crowd saying ooh ah and pointing at the sky and it does do that and it's like uh, yeah like it does get a little tiring and it's like it he loses that relatability quite a bit Mm -hmm. from that which i think really sucks but Mm -hmm. i think that wasn't this okay so going into the movie honestly i feel like sam raimi I don't want to say he gave up on this movie. Like he was just there to just film it and go off. I still think he gave his all as much as he can into this movie. But you could tell that there are some scenes where maybe had a lot of heart before. Yeah, the somebody, sincerity somebody, is is gone in this one in yeah. the Spider-Man three. Like and, there's a lot. I would even argue like this movie's not quotable. Like there are obviously the you know the iconic walk down the street song and all that. Yeah, well, like, and I think the quotes for Spider-Man 3 are a lot more of, like, making fun of it rather yeah. than, like, the, like, and, and that's the problem with Spider-Man 3. I like kind of like what you said. I think uh, Sam Raimi, I, I, I just don't think his heart was in it. He he didn't want to make this, um, you know, movie with Venom. He didn't want um, this whole thing. And I think what have made it a whole lot better is um, if the main villain was uh, Harry Osborn, I think that would have been a whole yep. lot better. I think uh, I thought I thought they it's so weird that they didn't let him do that. Like I get that the reason why is because like oh Venom's popular, put Venom in it. Yeah. Even though he had this whole story arc set up 
and like it was very obvious Harry was going to be the the villain in the third movie just because of the end of Spider-Man 2 when Harry finds the the secret goblin lab mm-hmm. which doesn't really make sense but kind of does yeah um but like then you go oh man Harry's going to be the the villain big bad Harry he knows everything about Peter blah 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 blah, blah. he can he can use that against him and he kind of does he does in the third movie yeah but he, he's not the fo- he literally becomes goblin like in a throwaway scene which is so weird to me yeah, and I think too the like I said in the first uh, movie they had the beginning of the arc, the um the second movie it's like you know rising action and the third one was supposed to be the climax and mm-hmm. Venom was thrown in and I think Sandman would have been a good villain as like kind of like the big spectacle but then the main villain would be Harry um, I think that would have been fine, um, mm-hmm. but why didn't Harry? like show up in his dad's outfit i think that would have been a lot cooler is if uh, harry was wearing the original green goblin suit i Um, i think the reason for that is because i think sam remy i feel like he wanted to do that but Mm. but it all comes back to harry doesn't know about his dad being impaled by the glider so if he would have wore the same suit he would have looked at the suit and gone wait why is there why is his glider blades indented in the suit and all that well the only reason i say he should should have worn like something like the original suit is because in the comics it's kind of like that he wears the original suit and i think that would have been a cool like uh peter thinking that somehow norman's still alive but it's harry Um, oh that would have been cool see that's what i was kind of getting at but like the thing that um i feel like just throws a just makes you feel like this movie was written probably on the fly was when Harry, suit. yeah, was when Harry like gets amnesia, like hits his head, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you forgot everything. What? How does that work? Like, it, I feel it's like funny. He forgets everything. Exactly. What? Like, like three years of his life gone? Yeah, like it's so crazy. Like he said, he in his mind, he just came out of high school. <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy about it is, I feel like the writers would shit there's too many villains uh okay harry knocks hits his head too hard all right all right we don't have to worry about him right now and i feel like that's what they were trying to do is like so they didn't have to worry about him and then they went oh shit that's right we got sandman in this movie i whenever i was watching this movie oh uh whenever i was watching this movie i was uh after like um peter uh hits sandman with like the water and he goes in the drain and i was like oh like and then like watching the movie went Oh shit, that's right. Sandman's in this movie. Like when he showed up again, I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I'll say this right now. Um out of the 3, I think Sandman's the best. I I do think Sandman is the most um not likable, but uh you understand his motivations very clearly. He's doing it for it's, his daughter. Yeah, and I I don't know why like I don't know. I just like him for some reason. I even when I was a kid, I didn't like this movie, but something about Sandman I've always liked, and I think it's because like, you know, he's just trying to do it for his daughter, and he just happens to have... He's like Peter, in mm-hmm. a vein that he has these powers, but he's more so using them for himself, more so than other people. Exactly, and I think, too, the uh, the birth of Sandman scene, whenever he first, oh. like, forms up, that is one of the most powerful scenes in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and the music is amazing 
And when he goes to grab the locket and he can't do it, and then he, like, finds the will to do it, that is an amazing and powerful yeah. scene. And I feel like even in a terrible movie like Spider-Man 3, I feel like Spider-Man 3 has really high highs and then really low lows. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas, like, the future movies, the highs aren't as high as Spider-Man 3 is able to hit. Yeah. And, obviously, we know you like the movie. Yes. And you know what? I, I probably, I can probably say that I like the movie. <laughs> after watching um, that video, then hearing some of your arguments. Um, and I think, too, um, I, oh, go ahead. I just, I like the movie, but I think the part that I hate is... The Sandman and Harry are good, right? Yeah. But you can tell Venom was thrown in because I do not like Venom. No one likes Venom besides you. And I'm pretty yeah. sure there's other people. But I think well, you the can thing is, too, it's like tell. Venom just shows up out of nowhere. It's just like, yeah, he's on a meteor. All right. All right. And Peter happens to be there. It's like, wait, okay, that's that's really <laughs> rushed. Um, I think Venom would have been good if they held off on Venom and kept the black suit. I think if um, mm. this black suit was just introduced in this one... And then you see Peter kind of change. And then in the fourth movie, maybe have Venom and Vulture. I think that would have been a lot better. Because um, oh, yeah. I, I feel like the black suit shows up. He has it for like 30 minutes. And then it's like, all right, see you later. And you're just like, oh, that was, that was lame. <laughs> That's all I get for the black suit. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, again, it. There's a good movie within Spider-Man 3, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I like about it. It's, there's a good movie hidden behind all of this trash that Sony was throwing on <laughs> Sam Raimi. Uh, like, let's both agree, it's not Raimi's fault. Exactly. And um, even um, Tobey Maguire in this movie, when he's like, he, you could tell he still enjoyed being mm-hmm. Spider-Man. You And... It's just so heartbreaking knowing that the future of the movie and it's like, ah, damn, like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to realize that um, pretty much they were doomed from the start. Yeah, which oh, it sucks because like you said, there's a good movie fighting its way out. But like it just keeps getting slapped in the face by Sony saying no, no. Yeah. And I mean, there's still like and I feel like this movie was kind of like cobbled together and there's so many times when um they're filming on sets that aren't even real it's kind of like the prequels um issues mm-hmm. where it's just a completely green screen room and mm-hmm. it's really noticeable and it's kind of distracting and it kind of pulls away from that um like i was talking about in spider-man 2 that um very intimate moments where you know they're fighting and it's you know you can see the grit it's not there anymore and yeah there's like, a couple now times it's this big spectacle yeah, and I the, even the final fight scene. The final fight scene's this big, grandiose, like Sandman's this huge monster mm. fighting Venom. There's webs everywhere from these like smaller locations that the first two had, and it's a very different thing. And I feel like the studio was like, "Yeah, like you got to have the big fight scene now." Yeah, especially well, when this come out, two thousand and seven, right? Yeah, that was like a lot of like, I think. Like, Iron Man didn't come out, but I knew, I know, like, um, X-Men and stuff was coming out. Yeah, X-Men, Last Stand and whatnot. Yeah, they wanted, like, that kind of big ending action scene. Now, could you imagine if they did it after the MCU came out? Like, it would have been horrible. Yeah, seriously. And 
I mean, there are still like, I think really funny things about the movie. And I like, I think it's funny whenever Spider-Man, he shows up and then he runs right in front of the biggest American flag ever. And you're just like, hell yeah, that's America right there. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love that. I've always loved that. He just runs right in front of the uh, a waving American flag. I'm like, yeah. so I was like, perfect. Captain America, who? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so good. I love that. But, and I think, like, too, a lot of uh, one of the I feel like we have to talk about this is the emo Peter Parker. Oh, a lot of about to bring that up right now, too. I think what they were going for is that this is what Peter Parker thinks a cool guy is. You know yeah, what I mean? 100 percent. 100 percent. There's I no think... way Sam Raimi thought that looked cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sam Raimi knows what's pretty cool and what isn't and i don't think he's like yeah that's what i want to be like i think yeah, this is like, what peter thinks a cool guy is and but yeah. i don't think that's expressed clearly to the audience enough it's just like the next scene he's doing it and yeah which is which is weird because i think what people don't understand this is where sam raimi comes in mm-hmm. what people don't understand this is supposed to be a contrast scene to the one in spider-man 2 yeah where, exactly like, it because in the Everyone's... second one, it's all, like, happy. In this one, it's, like, he's all full of himself. Yeah. And I think, well, I don't know. I get it. The scene's bad. But what people don't understand, like, people are like, oh, everyone thinks he's cool. No, no one thinks he's cool. Everyone's looking at him like he's a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of people kind of glaze over the fact is that, yeah, there's girls that are giving him a disgusted look on their face. It, it's not yeah. like they're into it. And... Yeah, like, like it's not like 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 we said. I'm sure Raimi didn't look at this and say, "Yeah, that's cool." Because if yeah. he would have, he would have made the girls look disgusted at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too, even like the way Peter acts, I think it's supposed to be so over the top that it's <laughs> um, like kind of goofy. Like in the second one, because I mean, the raindrops falling down. It's that part's um, really goofy. It's over the top, and this yeah. one's over the top. But I think at the time people were kind of getting over that real campy superhero yeah, movie stuff. And I think, yeah, and I think at the time it's kind of, yeah, like Dark Knight came out and um, I think it was just like people were kind of over that over-the-top superhero. And I think um, uh, Sony realized that. I mean, they also probably looked at the box office where the Dark Knight went, a billion dollars? Well, yeah, let's do that. Sign me up. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's kind of, you know, it, it, there's so much studio interference with this movie. There's mm-hmm. so much. Um, but if I feel like if you look past the flaws and if you just realize that it's an over-the-top, goofy movie, it, you know, goofy movie, that's a completely different one. But it's, you know, it's an <laughs> enjoyable movie just can, with bad parts in it. Can we, before we move on to Spider-Man 4, and I, I do agree with what you just said, but before we move on to talk about what Spider-Man 4 would have been and then go on to the Amazing and Homecoming series, mm. can we talk about the fact that I don't think Sam Raimi's going to stay as the director in the MCU that for that long? Yeah, I I don't know. I think he's going to... It's, it's probably going to be one of those situations where the studio probably comes in and says, mm-hmm. yeah, you're cut. Uh, kind of like the uh, similar situation to Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen because I feel like Sam Raby is going to be so like bizarre and so out there. Um, but then again, I mean, Thor Ragnarok was a thing and that movie was all that's over the true. place. You know, what? that's true. 
I didn't even think about that. Um, Thor Ragnarok kind of felt like a like a honed Raimi style almost. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what gives me hope is like Thor Ragnarok came out in uh, movies like Guardians Everyone of the Galaxy. It. Yeah, where they are very, you know, weird. Um, mm-hmm. And I know Doctor Strange himself is a very strange character. Um, uh... with Not like the character himself, but like <laughs> his abilities and like the visuals are very strange. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping Sam Raimi stays on there. And I hope so too. Honestly, I'm just saying that I think he's going to drop because of the studio behind it. But I, yeah. I do think he's gonna, I do think he's gonna stay, and I think we're gonna get a uh, a Toby Easter egg. See, I when I saw Spider Man Far From Home, I walked in and said, I only want one thing. I just want to see Toby Maguire eating a hot dog or just standing there. I just <laughs> that's the only thing I want to see. And I left so disappointed. He's <laughs> <laughs> just walking eating a hot dog. Yeah, just... drops keep falling on his head. Yeah, if if he's like if they're in London and he's just like walking by, he's just eating a hot dog. I'm like, you know, props to you, Marvel. That's I don't even care about J.K. Simmons. Let me see Toby again. <laughs> but like, um, I because this movie is gonna is called Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Unless they unless they changes the title. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, we could okay. So I don't know if you saw this a couple months back. Marvel tweeted out a picture of a four. Surrounded by a bunch of silver webbing. I hated oh, yeah. them for that. Oh, yeah. And it would just introduce this new comic by J.J. Uh, Abrams that's not even that amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I saw... Uh, first of all, somebody put in the comments perfectly. Why would you start at four? Exactly. I feel like Marvel knows how, um, how many fans there are to uh, the original uh, Spider-Man trilogy. And they just won't, like, give us what we want. <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a graphic novel series at this point. Seriously, and um, I know like a lot of people are wanting to do like a full like a full fledged like Spider Man four movie that's like Logan style. I know that would be amazing, but I highly doubt uh, like Marvel is willing to do that. The sadly, I'm, we're never gonna see that. The only thing we'll probably see is either a comic series or a cameo in the Doctor Strange movies, or he's in or. Uh, Stupid. into the spider-verse too yeah into the spider-verse they they completely dropped the ball by the way they completely dropped it on the first one with, the, with casting toby they should have casted toby oh yeah I, I remember seeing that they uh didn't want to cast toby because uh people wouldn't be would be confused by it i think at this point like comics are so well into our like pop culture that i'm pretty sure it wouldn't confuse anybody like i'm pretty sure we'd be just fine i don't accept that excuse because if they don't want to confuse people, why would they make this Spider-Man do all the Toby stuff? Yeah, exactly. And why is the movie literally about different, like, multiverses of uh, Spider-Man coming in? It, like, that's a confusing plot by itself. Yeah. Like, I think the Toby thing would have been their least of their worries. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, I don't know why they didn't just cast Toby. We could have gotten that final conclusion for Spider-Man. Um and all that, but I don't know. Maybe in the next one, we'll have a little Easter egg. But Hopefully, going, in, going into what would have been Spider-Man Four, I'm pretty sure you know a lot of it too. Um, uh, yeah, I've I've done a little bit of like research onto it and seen some of the story panels and whatnot. Um, the, the intro it, would have been amazing. Yeah, with uh, Mysterio coming in there and Bruce Campbell. And it, dude, when I heard that it was Bruce Campbell, 
and I realized who the actor was and what he was in the movies and who mm-hmm. was in the other movies, I I lost it because I was like that would have been so funny and incredible. Exactly, and I think it's there. Spider-Man Four would have been if the studio didn't get involved. I feel like Spider-Man Four would have been really reminiscent of uh, either the first Spider-Man or the second one, where it's very character focused and whatnot. But instead, well, we got <laughs> instead we'll go we got this. the Amazing Spider-Man. Let's get into this. So we'll, we'll, we won't spend too long on these because I do want to talk about the MCU one for a good minute. But I do want to okay. talk about these ones. So first, first off, Andrew Garfield. Yes or no, Spider-Man. Which sucks because I know he's a big fan of Spider-Man. Um, I don't think he's that bad. Um, I, I don't think... How do I phrase this? In I don't think he's bad movie. as Spider-Man. But I think as Peter Parker, it's... Um, the way they're portraying him in the movie is very wrong. Because um, they're portraying him as this cool skater dude that doesn't wear glasses. And like, oh man, you see that? He's dunking basketballs. Like, <laughs> I, I think they really missed the mark of what makes Peter Parker Peter Parker. Well, okay. So, James, what was the director? It was Webb? Something Webb? Oh, Mark Webb, yeah. Mark Webb. He got an email from the guy that messed up um, Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. He sent the email said, "I was listening to these kids talk about skateboards and rock music. Now, how can we contribute that to the new Spider-Man movie?" So that's literally, or I'm paraphrasing, that's literally what the email said. Yeah, I I would not doubt that um, from that uh, producer. Um, I mean, the yeah, see the thing about the Amazing Spider-Man is, I understand what they're going for. They're going for like a realistic tone, and like it's it's an interesting idea, but it's. It loses that sincerity um, that the mm. first two movies had, and it, you feel like almost a studio is directing it rather than a single individual and a single person's uh, vision. Mm-hmm. Which literally sucks because I heard Mark Webb. Uh, I know he did something Days of Summer. Oh uh, yeah, that's like a hundred Days of Summer, I believe. That's that's yeah, I actually did... saw that movie. It's a very good movie. Um, guy that. It's just the the studio behind it literally just messed it up again. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mark Webb is not a bad director. Um, he he does do a lot of uh, character focused movies, and I think he, if he had his own vision and it was his choice, I think the Amazing Spider Man would have been a good movie. I just feel like the studio was just getting in there, and I I feel like the lizard is a really bad villain to choose. Like, it is yeah. the most... Re- like, you have this hyper-realistic take on Spider-Man, but then you have a giant, giant li- lizard. Yeah, you got a giant lizard that wants to turn New York into other lizards. Like, <laughs> like so weird to say out loud, huh? It is the most bizarre plot ever. It's just like, yeah, I want to turn everyone to a lizard because lizards are cool and I'm a lizard. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> what kind of plot is this? And then it's like, on the top of a tower and shooting gas out, and then like you see those like cops. Somehow the cat, somehow the gas isn't disbanding by the time it hits the floor or something. It, like it. Oh man! Like, why is that the villain for the Amazing Spider-Man? Like, I know we had Green Goblin, and that was but pretty. That was good. perfect for that. Yeah, but it, it makes sense it. for the tone. Yeah, and I, I don't like I. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what other villain would have been good because of this hyper-realistic... Probably Scorpion. Yeah, I, I think a, a Scorpion, um, 
I guess Rhino in the mech suit, kind of like what they did in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, oh. would have been would have been fine. I mean, granted, Amazing Spider-Man Two is a beast on its own right, um, but it's the that hyper realistic thing is just so. It didn't it, work. Yeah, it it just doesn't work. It's too Dark Knight esque. You know what I mean? When did that, um the first movie come out? Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, I believe 2011 is when it came out. So it came out definitely after Dark Knight. So and, I don't, it, Rise came out in 2012, I think. So, yes, but I think uh, Dark Knight, they probably saw the box office and went, holy yeah. shit, a million dollars. Just to look realistic? We can do that. Yeah, good. that's all you got to do now. Um, and I think that's the problem is that it, it, it's all right, but it's not a good Spider-Man movie. It's not a good... And I know a lot of people make fun of that thing where it's like, oh, it's a good movie, but not a good Spider-Man movie. Um, I just I just think the tone is just so off. And yeah. And I think in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, kind of jumping ahead to that one, um, yeah. I think The Amazing Spider-Man 2 kind of was trying to fix that where the tone isn't so serious. Oh, and, yeah. And I think the suit change was really nice. Um, oh, we have to talk about the suit right now. Um, yeah, sorry. The first suit, Amazing Spider-Man, easily the worst looking Spider-Man suit ever. I hate, I hate that suit. I, I've seen it being compared to a basketball, and I can't deny the the basketball uh, similarities. It it's an interesting idea, and I think it looks interesting, but I don't like it. That's the, the thing. Eyes. Is... I think what kills it for me is the eyes. Yeah, the eyes are way too small. And I know that they're going for this, you know, again, realistic, where it's like, oh, a guy could make this. I could not make that in my home. Like, yeah. that would be so difficult to find the materials and, like... You gotta, like, you gotta cut up a bunch of basketballs to make that suit. Exactly. It is just way... It's too much going on. It's, um, it's, and too, I, it's too detailed, which is weird to say. Yeah, and I think what... Uh, yeah, I think... You said it perfectly. There's too much going on, and you kind of lose track of it. Whereas the first three Spider-Mans oh. look straight from the comics. It it it's perfectly such a beautiful suit. Yeah, it it's got the same colors. It's got the webbing. The eyes are a little bit different, but I mean, it's not bad. It's like the first three are like the suits are fine. Mm -hmm. They're not overly detailed. The second, the Amazing Spider-Man, they just went too far with it. It's yeah. There's webs everywhere. It's got all these flows. Like, um, it's it's just so much going on for something that should be kind of simple. Yeah, and like you know, for me, like that the, the Amazing Spider-Man, not the Amazing Spider-Man Two, uh, a Spider-Man Two. That's my favorite Spider-Man movie suit. It's literally the best one. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that that suit wasn't in Spider-Man PS4, I was kind of mad. But then they added it for Christmas, and that literally made my day. I, yeah, I, I played through the whole win. game again with it. Oh, I did too, dude. Come on. How can you not? Come on. Exactly. I think that suit is just so iconic because it's mm -hmm. ripped straight from the comics, and you can tell someone who likes the comics um, made that suit and designed that suit. Whereas The Amazing Spider-Man, it was a oh. studio who went, yeah, let's make it more realistic, make it you know, more detailed. And I think it was kind of trying to go for that Batman vibe where it's yeah. like armor looking and it's like, you know, all these layers going on and this and that. And it's like, no, you, you're losing the uh, overall feel of the Spider-Man. Um, like Spider-Man isn't this crazy, like rich guy. I mean, he's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And even that sometimes. Uh, 
that but with this new with the suit like i i want the second one the suit's a lot simpler way more simpler you could tell they legit like okay we'll bring it back with the suit but everything else we're gonna go crazy on yeah we'll stick to the suit for right now before going on uh, the amazing spider-man 2 because that's that's that movie's a train wreck um i think the suit was a (laughs) great train wrecks are are more have a better plot than that movie (laughs) yeah seriously on uh, but yeah, the suit and uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Two is just—it's a lot like the Ultimate comics uh, with the big eyes. And uh, yeah. one thing that I really liked and a choice that I really enjoyed is that they made the suit a suit where it's like very loose on him, and you can see the wrinkles, um, which I enjoy because it's like makes it a little bit more realistic. Because it's like, oh yeah, you know, a suit wouldn't fit perfectly. I mean, I got Spider-Man suits, and they, I got wrinkles on mine. Yeah. Um, so it makes a little bit more sense as wrinkly, and I feel like it adds that um, realism when he's swinging around and you see the suit rippling. Those um, are the good details. Yeah, I enjoy those details, and I I like um, the finish on the webbing. Uh, I think it's nice that it's not really raised up really high, but it is raised enough. Um, the only thing I don't like is the head shape, like the shape of his yeah, head. Yeah, it kind of looks, looks weird, huh? It reminds me of like an alien. That's the only yeah. thing I don't like. Because like it's like it's 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 flat in the front, but when you uh-huh. go to the back, it's like it like the top of his head is like just peeking out, like a like like Dan Aykroyd in that Alien movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much cone heads. <laughs> yeah, like, cone heads. Like I just think the head is just way too big uh, for, and it's like I know it's sculpted to look like Andrew Garfield's head, but come on, like give yeah. the man a cut the man a break. Um, <laughs> He's already in two bad movies. Yeah, seriously. And I um but the amazing Spider-Man 2, I feel like there isn't with Spider-Man 3, there's a good movie in there. And the Amazing Spider-Man 2, there isn't there a good movie in there. That's the there's, problem. There's not even like a so bad it's good movie. It's literally just stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, okay, so how do you feel about the parent stuff? The the Spider-Man parent stuff. <sighs> Honestly, it feels like a a terrible James Bond movie where they're where they're on the plane and they shoot up the window and it's like <laughs> this whole thing you're just like what's going on like <laughs> and did I walk into the wrong movie theater am I in the new James Bond movie like is this, is this MIP or something <laughs> I remember watching that and I was thinking did I miss something like did they start the movie like too <laughs> like too late and then it was just like Oh, oh, okay. I guess Spider-Man's just falling from the sky now. They're right. <laughs> oh my god! And, I, and then I even can't. the part where the uh, dad has this whole like underground train stop, that has his lab—it is—it's just so yeah. like, what kind of like Mission Impossible type shit is this? Where it's like, yeah, he's got the coins in his calculator or his briefcase, and then you gotta take the coin to this specific area. You're just like, what is going... Like, where's Tom Cruise at? Like, I can't. I literally... Can't. When you say some of this stuff out loud, it makes me realize how really stupid this stuff is. And that's the thing, is no one, like, no one that was writing this, or, like, when they have to do the table read... No uh, one said, okay, let's stop. Yeah, they're like, interior uh, underground train... Peter Parker puts a coin into a slot, a tr- revealing a train. No Wait, one went, what? hey, that's a little too much. <laughs> and then, oh gosh. I feel like um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 suffers a lot from uh, the same problems that Spider-Man 3 has, where it has too much going on and too many villains. 
Yeah. And it, it's just so ridiculous. And it, like, it, it's so ridiculous that Electro, his, the gap in his teeth form together whenever he turns into it. It's like, what, what, like, what? Because they can't have him with that the whole time. If they were gonna, they shouldn't have just done. They shouldn't have done the gap teeth. That was just, oh my god, it's such a yeah. bad movie. I and I think too, um, the Amazing Spider-Man two. It does have its highs. I think the swinging in the the movie, like the opening se- swinging sequence, yeah, it's it's pretty a breathtaking. Um, then I like the part with Electro when um he kind of turns evil in Times Square. I like that scene. But those highs aren't as high as Spider-Man three. They're like no, not even close. Like At least with Spider-Man three, like you can see, there's like really good movie. There's a great movie actually peaking out. But with this movie, it's like a decent movie coming out of a really it, horrible movie. Exactly, and and then even the um, the soundtrack to it is oh the most God. ridiculous thing ever. When it has, uh, I believe Pharrell Williams did the Amazing Spider-Man two soundtrack. Yeah. And then uh, whenever it's Electro and he's in Times Square and the soundtrack has lyrics in it. And I'm like, when has a soundtrack ever had lyrics in a film? Like, that is the most. It's like, he is Spider-Man. He is spider I was like, oh, this is so cringy, man. The, the, the only time I've, I've heard that was after this movie came out is when um, BBZ asked Broly. Oh, uh, the go 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 Broly go! But I don't know that works for that kind of movie. Yeah, because like... that's an anime, and that's like, but it's not like, I don't know. It's just it's so bizarre, the movie, because the whole time you're just watching it and thinking, <laughs> who the hell approved this? Like, you're telling <laughs> like the guy who's editing that movie. I feel bad for him, the editor, and that because he was probably sitting in a dark room going. <laughs> What the hell can I do with this, man? <laughs> and then the studio walks in and says, Hey, so you almost done? He's like, What the hell do you want me to do with this, man? You hand me garbage. You expect like a five no, course meal? <laughs> I I can't believe how bad this movie is, man. We haven't even talked about Harry, by the way. Oh my god, the guy that just shows up and uh, apparently he has like green goblin syndrome or some shit, and then his dad's dying and Oh, and then he just shows up at the very end just to kill Gwen Stacy. You're like, oh, all right, well, I guess that's guys. There's a bell tower in the there's a bell tower in the middle of an electrical plant. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I think it's so. And like, even his idea, Harry's idea, he's like, I just need Spider Man's blood so I can get better. How do you know that? How yeah, do you like, know that like, that blood is going to save your life? Like, who told you that? Who lied to you? Yeah, do you guys even have the same blood type? I'm, I'm pretty sure that should be the first thing you guys worry about. Hey, man, I know he... B doesn't go with A. God, it's as bad as the new Spider-Man movies are. They're they're not as bad as this. Yeah, I feel like no matter how bad like MCU gets or you know whatnot, you it will never be as bad as the Amazing Spider-Man two. It could never. It could and, never. And then even the like towards the end when they try to set up the Sinister Six and it's the basement oh of God. Uh, Origins where it's like, all right, you just walk in and choose what you want. Like, what? <laughs> so you're telling me the Vulture's going to walk in like, yeah, give me those wings. And that's it. All right, there you go. That's your origin. <laughs> like, that's it? <laughs> like, oh what were they God. planning with that, like, basement? It's like, 
you can't just show off backpacks and be expect everyone to be cool with it. That is the most lame way to set up a villain. I I can't believe this came out. Honestly, I, like, I'm su- I'm surprised that editor was willing. I was, if I was him, I would have just deleted it and be like, "Hey, man, dude, espionage I'll take the lawsuit." <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm I don't. Even... Everybody. Okay, I, so like, I I can't with this movie, dude. I haven't seen this movie probably since I've seen it in theaters. I I've watched it. Um. Well, I watched it the other day because I was watching it, and the whole time it's a very boring movie too. It um, is. It, it's a very slow movie, even though it has like a couple of like action sequences and stuff. It's it's a very slow movie where you're just going, and all right, somebody hit someone, somebody throw a pie. Like, come on. <laughs> it's not like with with the old Spider-Man movie in Spider-Man Two. It's a lot of Peter. It's a lot of Peter, no Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Yeah, I feel like because. Um, I feel like one of the worst lines in the movie is when Gwen Stacy says, "No, Peter, I'm breaking up with you. I I'm breaking up with you." I went, someone wrote that, and, and I was thinking back at uh, Spider-Man Two, and I was like, I don't remember ever like hearing a line in Spider-Man Two and going, "Ugh, oh man, that was that was a rough one." Like, yeah, <laughs> what happened from the concept of yeah, we'll make a um, Amazing Spider-Man Two. To the final cut, what happened? No one like questioned anything because they wanted to appeal to a wider audience. They didn't care about the Spider-Man audience. It, it, that's uh, that's probably what it is. And I think too, that movie came out in 2014. I thought we the were past. 14? The, yeah, I thought we were Jeez. past the era of bad superhero movies. In 2012, we had the Avengers, which was amazing. I'll argue with it on that one on another day. I actually don't like the Avengers that much. Well, all right. Well, I I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that another day. I'm yeah, sure we'll talk about that on, on the Avengers podcast. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Because that that actually be a pretty good idea. But um, um, but just going back to Spider Man Two, like. 14 yeah like exactly i thought we were past that but you know what we got one last bad one uh, until yeah. venom for you but you know oh well i mean i i don't like uh spider-man homecoming or far from home and or venom uh, i don't let's like it let's get into homecoming because well see the thing is in spider-man civil war i thought it was uh very i liked him in that one i thought it was very cool um i didn't really care for uh the suit as much um, I thought it was. I, I don't like the suit. I yeah, I one don't think that's always made me so frustrated about the suit. The main suit, the main Spider-Man suit, is not made by Peter. It's yeah. given to him. That I feel like that is one. I I think the Iron Spider suit's fine. That yeah, that one makes it. sense. That one makes sense. But I feel like his main suit should be built by himself. Um, and I feel like. It, his, all the gadgets in there should be built by him. And I know he has the homemade suit, but I feel like he should go from the homemade to his own, like, better Spider-Man improved. suit. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what the original trilogy did. I mean, he had that little wrestling outfit, and then he... I love the wrestling outfit. It's so I mean, iconic. But, I mean, granted, you always kind of think in the back of your mind of, like, okay, so how did Tobey Maguire somehow get the, that 3D webbing on there? Yeah. 
but I think that's that suspension of disbelief where it's just like, hey, I mean, it's a small thing. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, it's just... Even from a design standpoint, I don't like the suit. I don't like how the webbing is not that noticeable. It's very, like, light gray. Um, yeah. And I don't like the symbol on his chest. Um, it's I, so small, I hate it. It's only because of the drone. Yeah, and I I don't like the um the black um like rubber bands on it. I I think it just breaks up the design too much and it's I feel like Spider-Man has almost like this flow to his character design. I mean, in 1965, Steve Ditko hit it perfectly with the design. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like there you go. And Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, like you can look at Spider-Man and go, yeah. And I think um the Homecoming suit like it's very reminiscent of uh, the '60s Spider-Man, and I like the eyes, um, mm. uh, like the mechanical uh, lenses. Whoever thought of that, give them a pay a pay raise because that's an amazing idea. Because they saw Deadpool and they're like, okay, how do we get that with the eyes? Yeah, and, and I, I obviously think obviously make it animated, and they figured it out, and and some genius figured it out, and I'm happy they did because I do like the eyes out of the whole suit. Yeah, I think the eyes are really nice because my favorite uh, Spider-Man suit in terms of comics, uh, well, I got two. Um, one of them is the 70s uh, John Romita Sr. Um, I think oh, that is I the most... I really like that suit. That is one of my favorites because it's so classic. I like the... Yeah. I love light blue and um, the um, the red. Um, but my other favorite is the 90s Spider-Man, the Todd McFarlane, where it's the most extreme version of Spider-Man, yeah. where he's got the big-ass eyes, the black suit. Um, but I think they were going for that 70s look with the um, MCU. Um, I just, you know, I, I like the uh, Civil War behind-the-scenes suit a lot more. Yeah. Where it has, so, where it has the raised webbing. Like, and, uh... Yeah, like, I think with the suit, it was kind of a, a, a missed mark. Cause yeah. Because they, they wanted to have a suit where they can do a bunch of stuff with it when the plot mm -hmm. needs it. Yeah. Um, but that compromised like a iconic suit because this suit looks all right. And what's funny is in the next movie, Far From Home, when you see all the suits, those suits look way better than the one he has, and he, de he doesn't even pick those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, well, all right, we're just skimming through those. All right. Like you have uh, these way better suits with different attributes and all this, but you make the same looking suit but black. Yeah, um, I do. I do think it looks a little bit better uh, with the black. Um, but I don't know. I've always liked again, the it's literally the just always... the same suit with the um, it's the same suit just with black on it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like black on a Spider-Man suit unless we're talking about the black suit. If yeah. you're gonna do the red, you have to do the blue because I feel like the black doesn't really go well with the Spider-Man red with the yeah, webbing I, and all I, that. I feel like it it kind of expresses like a darker character with black, and I think the light blue kind of is a little bit more whimsical. Um, yeah. Especially for a climax, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but going back to Spider-Man Homecoming, um, after seeing Spider-Man in Civil War, and I, I really enjoyed that introduction. I thought he was great. I did too. In Civil War. And then watching Spider-Man... Oh, Aunt go ahead. Aunt May, I was a bit iffy on. Aunt yeah, um, Aunt May, um, I was like, eh, she's... I mean, it's kind of a small part in Civil War, so I was like, maybe they'll flesh her out. I just don't like the director of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I believe his name's John Watts. Um, yeah, John Watts. Um, wrong director. Very wrong director for Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at the movies. He, yeah, it is John Watts. I was just looking at my notes. Um, I just, you know, I, I feel like John Watts 
um, he enjoys superhero stuff, but I don't think he likes Spider-Man. And he's gone on record saying, yeah, I've never read the comics. Like, my first introduction oh. to Spider-Man was, like, a Spider-Man do-it-yourself book. Or, like, it was a Marvel do-it-yourself book. And um, it's just, like, so how do you go from Sam Raimi, the most sincere guy who says, I love this issue of Spider-Man. I love The Amazing Spider-Man number 50. I love The Amazing Spider-Man, you know, number whatever. And um, to... What's Spider-Man? <laughs> yes, yeah, to... Ah, oh, well, you know, I watch the movies. Like, how I've do you... seen the Sam Raimi ones. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, how do you go from that? And I understand it was probably just like a someone called, "Hey, do you want to direct a Spider-Man movie?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And no, it, it, it went. Do you want to direct an MCU movie? They didn't tell yeah. him which character. Yeah, probably. They, they just said, "Yeah, it's a Marvel," and he's like, "All right, I'm good. That's all I need to hear." Because <laughs> I oh, know that paycheck is going to be fat, and I'm going to enjoy it. It's a um, Spiderman? What is it? Yeah. He's like, I think I remember seeing that in uh, the theaters. The uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies, right? Yeah, I love those, man. <laughs> I love how realistic they are. Um, but I think, like, um, the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, it was just... It's too I... artificial, and it's too... Because um, uh... Marvel has a formula when it comes to uh, making their yeah. movies. And I feel like it's too Marvel formula, formulaic, if that makes sense. Um, Literally, the climax takes place on a crashing plane from the sky. Exactly, and that's what's like. That's one of the many problems I have with the movie is it's trying to do this like big battle where it's like, oh my god, what 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 happened to those small areas where like why didn't it just take place on like a building? Like if you wanted it to be kind of epic, just take a place on a building or some shit, or yeah. you know have them flying through alleys or something. But it's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's not like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was trying to follow that Marvel formula so much. And um, the biggest problem I have with it is there was no mention of Uncle Ben. None. Oh, dude. It's worse than the second movie. Yeah. It. Yeah, Far From Home, I was pissed off the whole time. I was like, just fucking say his name. Um. And I well, know that what Tom Holland said in the interview. Uh, no, I, I have not. It's probably gonna he make said, me mad. He said that if Tom, if he was able to, if Spider Man slash Peter Parker was able to bring somebody back, it wouldn't be Uncle Ben. It would have been Tony. And hearing that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. There is a literal comic where Peter dies. He sees Uncle Ben, and all you see is the back of them, and all you see is Peter tugging on Uncle Ben's jacket. It's signifying that he does not want to let him go. That is Spider-Man and Uncle Ben, and he just said that Spider-Man would not want to bring back Uncle Ben. Uh, see, that's the thing is, I feel like they just were trying to find this. I like they gave all the Uncle Ben stuff to Tony Stark because oh, I, I feel as if I feel as if because Tony Stark is such a light um, character in our pop culture, and so. Um, enjoyed. Everyone loves the Iron Man movies. Um, everyone yeah. loves the Avengers movies. Everyone knows Iron Man. And it's like, so why don't we just give that to Iron Man, like the Uncle Ben stuff to Iron Man because, you know, people like him. Who the, who the hell is this Uncle Ben guy? But I feel like that's the problem is, is because Uncle Ben was such a um, he, he was an average guy that was a good person. Um, yeah. He didn't have billions of dollars. He just loved his wife and he, he loved um, his nephew. And yeah. that's all that mattered. And he, everything he did was in the good of his family. And when he talks, oh, but, 
when he talks Uncle to ben Peter Parker. That, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, Uncle Ben is that character that literally Peter looks at and says, all I have to be is a good person. It, exactly. And I feel like Uncle Ben really grounds Spider-Man, like puts him in his place. Whereas mm-hmm. Tony Stark, it's like, oh, yeah, I could be a billionaire. Um, in the comics recently, um, before the uh, new writer took over for uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, um, Peter Parker owned like Peter Industries or Parker Industries. And that didn't work well. It did. It did not because Peter Parker turned into an arrogant asshole. He was like, yeah, I have billions of dollars. Um, I'm pretty much the next Tony Stark and was just like a jerk. And then the new writer came in and went, yeah, let's get rid of that. And so he yeah. like sold his company off. And now it, like the Amazing Spider-Man comics are really good now. And I think that's the biggest problem is Spider-Man shouldn't look up to an Avenger. He shouldn't look up to a Captain America. He shouldn't look up to an Iron Man. He should look up at his Uncle Ben. Who should have uh, been played by Tobey Maguire. That would have been amazing, too. Um, and I think that's that's just a crazy thing to not even mention Uncle Ben. To just completely disregard him. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they somewhat... They... The, the inkling of a mention and he don't even say his name he literally just said ever since did, did they say ben or ever since my uncle died or something because he did, i don't i don't remember like, them saying that throwaway. if they say that i'll take everything back it's no dude you don't have to it's such a throwaway line it's such a fast line that if you blink if you look away for a second you miss it she's like oh she's gonna freak out you know how she like ever since what 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 happened to i don't know if he said ben or um or what happened a couple months ago like it's such a throwaway line and it just kind of disrespects the character so much because it shouldn't be a throwaway line. This should be like this big thing to like Peter and Aunt Ex- May and everything, and, but they just treat it like, Oh, he died. That sucked. Yeah. And literally uncle Ben is the reason why Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, and, and in Spider-Man one, the final fight scene. And we talked about it before when he says, I have a father. His name was Ben Parker. That's Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, oh, God. I love that. And instead, you have this character where it's just, yeah, I want to be an Avenger. What? No, Spider-Man's not an Avenger. He and willingly... becomes an Avenger. He doesn't want to. Until the yeah. next movie, he becomes an Avenger. Uh, I don't... Yeah. In the comics, uh, there's plenty of times when they ask Spider-Man, hey, like, you know, you want to join the team? And he says, no, because I'm, I'm the neighborhood Spider-Man. Because the Avengers worry about, you know, cosmic shit. They worry about, like, yeah. global stuff. Whereas Spider-Man, he's wor- worried about the little guy. He's worried about saving yeah. individual people. And I um, I can't remember what issue it was, but it was Amazing Spider-Man. And this uh, little girl was talking about, uh, and she asked her dad, and said, why um, do you like uh, Spider-Man? You know, he's not like uh, Captain America and whatnot. And uh, he said, because... Spider-Man is there to help you. Um, he's her- there to help the little guy. He's he- there to get you know the cat out of the tree. He's there to help you fix your tire. He's helping mm-hmm. the people that the Avengers are too busy worried about because they're focused too much on you know the big stuff. And, and that's one thing Amazing Spider-Man Two has over the new movies is that one scene where he talks to that little kid after helping him with the bullies. He, he fixes his little project. Yeah, and he walks like. Him- that is so- like, okay that's spider-man like yeah i know on. like we we were talking shit on the amazing spider-man too but that is a spider-man that's seen you know spider-man that walks a kid home after getting bullied 
Yeah, because like and, Peter knows what it's like, and like he's just there to help. And Sp- the Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, the reason I don't like it, I think it's a fine movie. Like it's enjoyable to just have on the background, um, but it doesn't have that heart. It doesn't have that soul behind it. Um, and I think there's just too much of the Marvel formula and too much of the Marvel DNA, like the like Marvel movies uh, DNA, mm-hmm. being injected into it. And it should have been its own movie. Um, yeah, I mean, granted, it did amazing at the box office, so my opinion doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so, a movie can do amazing at a box office; it still suck. Yeah, it, I mean, look at Spider Man Three; that was the highest grossing Spider Man movie yeah. at the time. <laughs> that movie wasn't isn't that amazing, um, even though I enjoy it. But <laughs> see, that's the thing with Spider Man Homecoming; it's like uh, there are parts in there where I go, like, yeah, that's Spider Man. I like the part when he's trying to hold the uh, the ship together. I think that's a very cool scene because it's like, shit, he's struggling. It reminded me of the train sequence. Yeah. Um, um, well, the one thing that I do not like in the movie is they keep making Spider- they make it, they make Spider-Man an idiot. He's yeah. An idiot. I feel like he went uh, in Civil War. He went from like, like you know, a very um, like he knew what he was doing. Um, he was just a rookie to this yeah. like guy where he was just like he didn't know anything. He was just like, and it, it's like a very weird contrast between uh, movies. And I know a lot of people. Uh, I've talked to a few people at uh, a conve- the conventions, and they said, "Oh, you got to look at Spider-Man: Homecoming as on right." No, the Marvel movies are all connected, so you can't really say that argument of, "Oh, you got to look at on its own right." You can't really do that. You can't because uh, Tony's there. <laughs> Yeah, it's so intertwined with the MCU that it's very difficult to separate it. Um, I feel yeah. like some of the Marvel movies you could separate. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, those movies you can pretty much separate from the MCU and watch them on yeah. their own. But at Spider-Man Homecoming, it's like so in in the MCU, you can't really remove it and enjoy it on its own. You have to have previous knowledge of the other movies. The villain is literally a cleanup guy for the Avengers. Exactly, and um, I think the Vulture is a really cool villain. Um, I think yeah. his motivations make sense, but I think like, it's a but really like good you villain. said, it's just um, I don't know. I feel like he was kind of being held back. Um, I enjoy Michael Keaton. I think he's a fantastic actor, and um, but it was it. <laughs> I feel like there could have been more done to it, um, but I did enjoy the vulture in that movie. That was one aspect of the movie I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I did like the scene when uh, Peter goes to pick up, uh, I believe her name's Liz. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched, I haven't watched that movie. Opens. Yeah. And it's, it's him. I was like, that's, that's funny. Like that's, that's some good, good humor. Um, I remember, I remember in the theater when he opened the door, everyone was like, no way. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's that like, was a good plot twist. That that was a good plot twist, and I like the part when he's in the car, and he turns around and he's like, you know, intimidating Peter, and then yeah. when the light turns green, and I was like, whoo, like that is some that's menacing, like yeah. And and I find it funny that Peter's intimidated by this um by this guy with a gun in front of him. Yeah, and I was like, you could totally web him up right now. His arm right now. <laughs> Yeah, you could web them up, no problem, Peter. Um, but I, I think there are good parts in this movie. Um, 
And I think the action sequences are very nice. Um, but I, like I said, it, it loses a lot of the heart. And I, um, I enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming over Far From Home. I cannot stand Far From Home. So let's, um, let's get into that because the one thing that really turned me off about Far From Home is, is uh, see, I'll, you'll probably disagree with me on this, but Mysterio. Um, I thought Mysterio was interesting, um, like the way they took the character. However, I just, I just thought it was too much, if that makes sense. Yeah, like the whole, like it was so weird. Like, so basically he was from a different dimension. They should have kept that. That should have been it. Yeah. He was from a different dimension, but then he was a bad guy. Then he was lying about everything, and then he just so happened to be an ex-employee of Tony. So technically, he's a Iron Man villain, yeah. not a Spider-Man villain. Um, some stuff doesn't make sense. Like, to, like how is he flying in when he meets Peter on the bridge? Yeah. Um, like when you look at it, it just like it doesn't make sense. Like I don't. Mysterio is like that, like the whole like magic stuff and all that. But like in the comics or in like shows and games, it's shown like. The only way he really can beat Peter is by messing with him, but not like this. Like it's, it's literally just CGI. It's just but literally something Peter can figure out in two seconds. Yeah, I I think the Mysterio stuff was interesting, but again, the villain is tied to Iron Man. It's tied to yeah. you know the Avengers, and it's like, well, shit, no, like make Mysterio a guy who's pissed off at Spider Man. Like, I think the uh, Spider Man '90s uh, cartoon. Uh, I think the Mysterio in there had a better motivation where uh, Spider-Man made him look dumb when he was uh, trying to work on the bridge. Like, yeah. it's a it's a dumb origin, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a superhero movie. Yeah, sometimes villains can have dumb origins. Um, and I think the Mysterio stuff just goes too far, and the final sequence was mind-numbing because it's so much going on. There's drones flying everywhere. You got this... From space. Yeah, you got this cloud monster. Yeah, you got a satellite that's shooting stuff down. Spider-Man swinging around, stuff's blowing up. I'm just like, what's going on? What? Then you got a side. You got a side uh, story with Happy and the kids trying to avoid like three drones, and they kill it like no problem with like medieval weapons. Yeah, and then you have the side story about how Happy's probably banging Aunt May. Like, what? It's God. I. <sighs> I think Spider-Man: Far From Home was a not a response, but a continuation of the problems I had with Homecoming, where it was like, okay, the final fight is too much. Okay, well, we they went bigger. Um, okay, I'm they upset they... make fun of it. Like, yeah, it's it's too like, much. Like, with him going, oh, now this is an Avengers-level threat, to Nick Fury literally going, okay, I don't believe that crap. <laughs> yeah. It, I, far from home, the whole time, um, I was just thinking... This is such a frustrating movie to watch for me personally. I thought Peter was becoming so unlikable because I understand that he's like crushing on MJ and whatnot and he's like scared to tell her, but it's it's was getting so frustrating watching him and I mean granted Tom Holland is a very likable guy and he's a very charismatic actor. Um mm. But the character was so unlikable. And it's like, whenever he goes to that underground base and he takes off his mask, it's like, no, Spider-Man would never why take would off his... <laughs> why would he take his mask off in front of people he doesn't know? Or the part where he's literally in the bar with oh, all yeah. the people? 
with his mask off. Yeah, and the thing is, he's just like, I understand they were trying to make it to where it's like, oh, you know, Tony understands, like, you know, he has to give it to him. And, like, Peter's, like, confused. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you Edith or whatever. And it's like, why would he do that? Like, it's such a, like, almost like out from, of left field type thing. From Spider-Man 2 to him giving up this, the powers because of all this stuff happening to him and everything. Like, it's a good reason to him not feeling like he's good enough to give away this satellite destroying thing and everything within like a couple conversations. Yeah. And I think what would have made it more powerful is like if Spider-Man just didn't give up Edith and went, no, I'm going to hold on to it. And then Mysterio is like, why are you going to hold on to it? He's like, cause I don't know. Like, you know, I can't give anyone this, just this power. And that would have been yeah. better where it's like, you know, Spider-Man, uh, Peter's more hesitant to just give it up, but he would just keep it and not use it for himself. Um, I think that would have been so much better. Um, I mean, granted, I've only seen the movie once, and that was in theaters. And I do not want to see it again, uh, because I know when I left the theater, I was so frustrated. And um, One thing that they kind of, something else, how they disrespect uh, Ben. So the suitcase, the suitcase is Ben's. Mm -hmm. It blows up. Yeah. It's gone. That piece of Ben Parker the creation of Spider-Man, this good-hearted person is gone. Like, that's a piece of it gone. And it's and, said, and they literally just say, oh, you don't have your suitcase? Oh, I'll probably blow up. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it is such a, like, a slap in the face to the origin of Uncle Ben. And I think, too, that another problem with <clears throat> the uh, Far From Home is it's too, like, how do I describe it? It's like, too much of the Marvel humor in there. And mm -hmm. it's just like one like situation to the next situation. It's one like setup to a joke to another setup of the joke. Like if that makes sense where it's like, Oh, it goes from Peter where they think that Peter's um, having sex with this girl to, Oh, he's on the bus and he's trying to get either to um, like not blow up the bus. Oh, it's going like, it's just going from one joke to the next joke, to the next joke, to the next I joke. Think what they should have done and the reason why he would have given up the glasses, they should have killed Ned with oh, Edith yeah. on accident. Yeah, I think that would have been a very, um, like, that would have been a very bold choice of them. But I would have respected that. I feel like Far From Home is a very safe movie. Like It is. It's very. It's literally a, a travel movie. That, look, I, okay, this is my biggest problem with these, with him being in galactic stuff. Tony mm -hmm. got PTSD literally from fighting grunt aliens and delivering a nuke. Yeah. He got PTSD for like eight years after that. Peter is in a galactic war between, for reality, fighting all this stuff, almost dying numerous times, and he goes to school like nobody else's business. Like, like it's all dandy, okay, I don't got any consequences from that. that, that Besides, that's... I get a cool iron spider suit. That's that's really interesting because um, I was kind of thinking about that too when I saw the movie and I was thinking that would have been I know that if they wanted to do this whole like Tony Stark as Uncle Ben why didn't they make um, Spider Man almost parallel uh, Tony Stark where he is having PTSD he is struggling to maintain that superhero identity because he's like I don't know what would happen to me or like I don't they know what would happen to my friends. 
yeah and but instead they're just like hey yeah you know you know he just takes his mask off whenever and uh and but then they go at the end of the movie oh this is spider-man and we're all supposed to go oh, no way they actually told me like, like if <laughs> really yeah, he f- sits in a bar with his mask off that's his fault at that at that point i think too they should have had it to where it's um they uh spider-man secret identity like the big reveal at the end he should have been fighting to keep his identity a secret a lot more so it's a bigger reveal but instead it's just you know tossed in that he's... how did edith not tell him that his identity was going to get revealed it, exactly that's one of that's one of the many plot holes that this movie has and um i the one thing that i kind of thought was ridiculous was that whenever the, his identity is revealed um i kind of thought it was such a lame way to reveal his identity because in uh, the civil war comics um when spider-man reveals his identity yeah he reveals his identity willingly because he's trying to make a point and he's and then after revealing his identity he realizes it was a terrible choice Mm -hmm. and i think that's so much better if spider-man willingly shows his identity um, well, what's funny was it's not the, the not the fact that he took off his mask. I think what really sold it is the fact that uh, Jameson's watching the broadcast and he literally falls over, finding out who Spider-Man was. It was oh, also yeah. how people reacted more so than him taking off the mask that sold it. But with this movie, it's literally just oh, it's inconvenient. Yeah, and um, one thing that uh, going from like the story to like technicals, I, I think Spider-Man: Far From Home is a very uh, bland movie to watch uh the cinematography is so boring and the uh studios that uh did the special effects um i believe they had more control over it i could be wrong but i believe uh, i read an interview where they said like oh yeah they, they just told us we can do whatever we want and watching like some of the scenes it's just like the way it's shot is so bland and it's like weird and like the camera isn't like the camera is like zipping around in such bizarre ways where it's like, yeah, that could never happen. It's not realistic. You know what I mean? It's not grounded yeah. in its own reality. Um, the one that bothers me um, is at the very end, whenever he's like, like watching the, um, the uh, screen and it's like the way it's framed is so weird. Like the way like, the, where he sits, it's just like, that's it. That it's just like chest up, and it's all right. We're good. That's all. That's all we need. Like they couldn't even let him do the Spider-Man pose for like a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I and like where he's placed is kind of like I know he's on like a post, but it's like it, the height is weird. It, it's it's a very off thing. And then a couple times the camera, I believe, the camera is tracked onto the character, like the model mm. that they use for the CGI, because like yeah. when he moves, the camera moves perfectly with him, and it's very. Uh, jarring to watch and it's it's just such a like a bland nothing movie where it's like yeah you know this happens oh there's jokes here it's it's a popcorn movie that's what i think it is it's a a very it's a marvel movie it's a marvel i put somebody on my instagram that i follow is is, uh all star wars account he posted a picture the picture said me enjoying a new star wars movie not caring about every, not caring about anything, and all that. And I put in the comments, that's a horrible mindset to go in because that's why we get bad movies. Uh, yeah, and I think that's true. It's it's whenever people say, oh, you know, you're just um, uh, you got nostalgia glasses on. Um, 
No, I enjoyed the first two movies. You cannot deny that the first two movies aren't fantastic films. They are, mm-hmm. like, amazing. And Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home, like I said, are popcorn movies. They're movies you can watch and just watch mindlessly and just be like, oh, yeah, it's another Marvel movie I, I get to see every, you know, twice a year. Yeah, like, so going from that, were, were you okay with them not doing a Spider-Man 3? Now they are, but when, when the news came out, were you okay with them not doing a Spider-Man 3? Um, I thought it would it would be very disappointing to just see uh, Spider-Man uh, 3 just kind of fizzle out um, for what they set up in Far From Home. I thought it would just be a very disappointing thing. I mean, granted, I don't like it, but I know it would have been disappointing for a lot of people. Um, and I think it just would have been one of those things kind of like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 where it's like, oh, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. Um, so I think it's good that they're now finally doing it. Um, but uh, Craven? You know, I, yeah, hopefully it's Craven. I would be so excited to see Craven. Um, and Man, I know Tom... Apparently they might get Daredevil in there because of the whole identity thing to be his lawyer and all that. It I The Daredevil Netflix show is absolutely amazing. And I think mm-hmm. him... It would be very hard to have Daredevil with this Spider-Man, though, because that Netflix show is so dark and so gritty. And to have him next to this, like, bright, like, you know, Tom Holland, where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm cracking jokes. I I think it would be very different, um, but I think it would be be an interesting dynamic to have. Yeah, especially, like, I don't know. I feel like that whole, first of all, is... The, the shows on Netflix, they are are they still MCU or did the, the, the Kevin Feige literally just say, nah, they're not MCU anymore? Because what <laughs> I know right now, they're still a part of the MCU. I think it's very muddled right now. Um, I'm pretty sure if you ask Kevin Feige, he would just kind of be like, uh, uh, well, uh, hey, hey uh, there's my ride. And then would walk away from you if you asked him that question. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, Spider-Man's I... on a plane crashing, huh? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I think it's very like up in the air um, right now. And I think Marvel's kind of in this weird spot where they want to almost like try and compete with that end game level like climax because it's like, where do you go from here? Yeah. And I feel like they're kind of in this weird limbo now where it's like, all right, so now we got to build up to the next one. So it's kind of I feel like they're holding off from playing their cards on uh, Netflix, whether or not it is MCU, because it might be yeah. like, well, if we hold off, then well- we could have these characters if you know but if we say no then we can't ever use them well yeah you know what yeah i think they're just gonna play their cards close to their chest right now but Mm. to to end this we have to ask the obvious question and i think the easiest question for us to ask who is peter parker slash spider-man movie (laughs) character actor wise who would be the best one no who is out of the three I already know mine instantly. I'll have you go first. Uh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. He, he for me that is Spider Man. Yeah. I don't like Tom Holland to make an idiot. I I it's almost like he's not even smart at some points. Mm-hmm. Like he hacks like Ned hacks the suit. That wasn't Peter. That was Ned. Yeah, I think. See, I I like Toby. I think Toby is fantastic but the thing is it is i see 
Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, I can see aspects where I'm like, oh, like, you know, if you just did this, it would have been like a little bit better. And I think Toby just hits it more often where it's just like, yes, that's Spider-Man. That's that's more Spider-Man. Um, and I think to- Toby Maguire does have a couple like flaws with him. But I feel like it's very small stuff like, oh, yeah, he has organic webbing instead of web shooters. Like stuff See, that like that. stuff like you know you just look over it. Yeah, but that's not like a character thing. That's more of like a yeah, you know, like a small a, gripe. A, a creative choice that someone made that you just don't agree with. Exactly, a creative choice. But yeah, well, we'll see what happens with Spider-Man Three. Yeah. When more news comes out, I'll have you back on for sure. We'll talk about it. All right, cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and I appreciate being on here. No worries. And uh, if you want to say where they, where people can find you, go ahead. That's all you. Uh, well, I'm on Instagram as the official Jared Brown. And uh, that's pretty much where you can find me only because I don't want anyone else finding me anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for coming. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good one.